0: Hi, and welcome back to Patient World. Today we have a wonderful guest, Dr. Amanda Williams. Welcome to the show.
1: Well, thank you so much, Dr. Hester, for having me. It's an honor. It's a pleasure to be here. And everything that you do, I've been following your book. And it's just it kind of follows the path of everything that I always um, kind of root myself in and helping people help themselves. I think it's so important. And you and i both know um, in the world of medicine and health oftentimes people are kind of left in in the lurch they're not exactly sure what to do and so it's wonderful the work that you
0: do oh thank you. i appreciate that so now let's talk about you yeah. let's take some time to have you introduce yourself and a little bit about your background sure
1: well i definitely have an interesting background so i have a md and i also have my master's degree in public health And I focus a lot on disease state management and nutrition with my public health focused degree. And I actually found myself kind of pulling away from traditional medicine very early on in my medical training. I hate to say that, but um, it's kind of the, the path that I took. Um, into more of a wellness industry. And I've been working as a scientific director for a nutraceutical company known as Invite Health um, for the past many years. And I'm very much into the day-to-day of all of our science-based nutritional research that we do, um, as well as interacting with many of our clients that come to us with a plethora of different, um, you know, health concerns, maybe they're a diabetic and they need assistance with, you know, how to better plan out what they should be eating every day. Cause sometimes they leave the doctor with the, just don't eat white bread. Don't eat. (laughs) And so they're, they're a little confused. So, um, so that's one of the passions that I have. So I do have an MD. I don't practice clinical medicine, but I've been in the wellness industry for two decades now. And I absolutely am, you know, passionate about what I do. And I feel as though each day I can make a difference in someone's life. And to me, that's the most rewarding thing. And being in the position that I'm in as a scientific director, I feel like my impact um, is probably greater in this position than if I were to be practicing, you know, traditional clinical medicine.
0: You made a very important um, statement about you know, wellness. We spend a lot of time dealing with disease and that's just where we are. Disease is very real and we need to address that. But we also need to spend a lot of time dealing with wellness and trying to prevent people from getting to the point of having severe disease. And even if they've been diagnosed with a medical condition, how do we make them quote unquote well? How do we optimize their care and help them get the best out of their lives and enjoy life to the fullest despite what they have? So wellness is a topic that we really do need to delve into further. So what sorts of things do you want to share with our audience today?
1: Well, I mean, I think that you, you kind of hit the nail on the head there. Um, the you know, traditional approach that we've always had in this country and throughout the world in many regards is very much a reactionary um, approach to health. We wait until something has gone off the rails and then we try and fix it. And oftentimes we're putting that band aid on it and we're not really going to try to find the root cause. So if we want to actually achieve wellness and longevity, we have to be proactive. And part of that, you know, proactive, way, you have to be involved in your own health, and I think that that's, you know, what gravitated me towards your book, where, you know, putting yourself at the center of your, you know, healthcare or wellness-focused, you know, approach. This is something that I think is so commonly overlooked, and you have so many um, disease states that continue to go on the rise and are going to get worse, as we know, uh, they estimate by 2030, you know, greater than 50% of the US population will be clinically obese. So not even in the overweight category anymore. And so then we have to look at the, you know, comorbid issue with cardiovascular disease and diabetes. And so until we start to resonate back to the looking at the human body, understanding each person is, you know, unique in their own makeup and they have their own, you know, particular problems you know maybe it's stress maybe it's a sleep issue maybe it's a combination of all of this we have to look at each person and try to identify where can we make the best proactive approaches whether it's you know lifestyle modifications with changing the diet filling any nutritional gaps oftentimes people They think that they're eating well, um, but perhaps they're still not getting, you know, adequate magnesium, which could be affecting their blood pressure, for example. So these are the things that I like to, you know, zero in on. I like to educate people as much as I possibly can on understanding that, you know, while the big shiny picture may be, you know, we use the word health, but what does health mean? If we don't have wellness, we'll never have good health. And so I think that oftentimes health is more associated with sickness or illness than it is with wellness. So I always try to zero into that wellness approach and proactive, you know, in your way of living Mm -hmm. and understanding your own body is key to this.
0: I agree completely. And I was reading the other day about the blue zones, the parts of the world where people, they just do better can we talk a little bit about that, about how different lifestyles and so forth can help you remain well and help ward off diseases? It is.
1: And it's, it's so fascinating when you look at the blue zones. Um, and I remember years ago reading a, a clinical research trial, um, and it was identifying a particular area where it wasn't one of the quote unquote blue zones, but it was a, it was a set of islands. Um, and I believe it was off of over near... Um, Columbia. And they recognized that the people who lived on the one part of the island where they were still, you know, living off of the land, basically, farming their own foods. The foods hadn't been, you know, manipulated with you know ultra-processed foods. They they were basically living very clean, healthy lives. They were sleeping good. They, all of the things that they were doing. Every day they'd get out, they'd go walk, they'd go farm, they do the things that the human body is kind of designed to do. And then they had the other island, which was definitely more tourist driven. And in that area, they had ultra processed foods, the quick grab and go foods. And they started to look at the comparative data between all of their cardiometabolic markers. And you could see just this exponential shift between those who lived in the island where they were living very clean, you know, following good diet, living off of the land versus the other. And I think that that's just a testament to, while we do live in a fast paced world, sometimes going back to, you know, where things started is where we need to be. And it even goes to, you know, the the quote, you know, with Hippocrates, you know, let food be thy medicine. Somewhere along the way, we kind of lost that whole idea. And when you look at areas with blue zones and you see where they are really, you know, focused in on the healthy kind of Mediterranean style way of eating, Mm -hmm. um, you know, high antioxidant foods, good, healthy fats, um, you know, this is one component to it, but you also look at their stress levels and in those blue zone areas, they do much better when it comes to stress reduction techniques, whether that's just pausing for five minutes out of their day and focusing on their breathing, or maybe taking a walk out in nature and going and looking at a bird that can help regulate their blood sugar, their blood pressure. And this is, you know, one of those things that we, we just don't do in so many areas throughout this country and throughout the world, which is why you see the declining health of not just this nation, but
0: globally. Totally. And we do have a very active lifestyle we want it quick and fast and you know uh, in the news recently uh I've been reading things on various sites about forever chemicals forever chemical and how so many things are in our foods the lining of the packages um I read an article a while back that said that women who stay at home and uh whether they their home taking care of kids or whatever the case may be they're more likely to die early than women who go out and they suspect that that's because of all the chemicals in our homes from the chemicals in new carpet to the the detergents and all of those things Uh, and it's just it's dramatic and so certainly that makes perfect sense that people who are more back to nature and they're not dealing with all of this Fast and furious lifestyle, where you know everything that you purchase is in a bag. Some mm-hmm. bags may be lined with something that you you don't need in your body, and other chemicals that we ingest, and we, so forth. Th- those things are tremendous, and also the nutrition aspect is huge because once you ultra process the foods, as you know, the nutritional value is so different. Right. And a few years back, I, I saw this documentary that really made me, really opened my eyes. And I have become kind of like a a pseudo farmer ever since. I have a greenhouse, I have backyard birds, I have a a garden out in the backyard in addition to the greenhouse, so I can have my fresh fruit year round. And I have a lot of fruit trees. And people may be surprised that you can actually buy fruit trees um, and they don't have to take years. And this is not to promote any company over another, but I get fruit um, trees from a fast a place called Fast Growing Trees, and within a year I have real fruit, right? And so you know, being able to do things, grow your own collard greens, grow your own apple trees, and so forth, um, that is tremendous because then you don't have to worry about the handling um, the period of time it goes from the branch to your tummy and how things are broken down and all the other things and so if you have even a little bit of land you know I would just encourage people to just think about doing a little organic gardening right don't do this and add all these pesticides if you're going to do it do it up right and do it as naturally as you can
1: that's so true. And I, I talk to people who are, you know, in big cities and they're like, yeah, but, you know, I, I you know, I live in an apartment complex. I'm like, you can still find ways.
0: I have friends to do that. The, the yeah, pots.
1: Exactly. The little pots and people say, well, that's just a little bit, but you know what? Every little bit matters. And we live in such a toxic environment, unfortunately, as you mentioned. And with all of these forever chemicals, I know that they just had, you know, a Information came out last week that the EPA is really trying to crack down on certain PFAS in the water. It's like, well, thank you. We should be doing that anyways. But you see these forever chemicals, and you know we are responsible for this as humans. Um, You know when you see runoff, you know into what's supposed to be clean waterways, Um, and this is globally once again. They've done studies over in England where they find you know astronomically high levels of pharmaceuticals in the rivers. Um, over there. And so we see the same thing here. I always talk about, there was a study that came out of Oregon. um, I call it the drunken crab uh, study, but they actually were looking at how crabs out in this bay, because of all of the, the wastewater that was coming, flowing out there, there were so many pharmaceuticals coming from humans out there that The crabs actually lost their ability to protect themselves. They were just kind of out in the open instead of hiding in their normal habitat. So you can see how it affects everything. But in particular, when we think about the human effect of that, like you mentioned with the women who stay home and they're more exposed to so many of the chemical cleaning agents. You know, we know that all the different food packaging can leach out. I've done numerous studies now, even looking at in like fast food, even the ones that people think are healthy fast food, the, the paper wrapping, how that leaches out. And this affects both men and women because they're endocrine disruptors. So it's screwing up your hormones. And you start to see, you know, you can always track things that and we know in science, we can always start to track things. And when you look and you say, okay, well, when do we have this big influx of all of these forever chemicals? And at the same time when did you start to see this uptick in infertility in this country so you can see those hormonal disruptions you can see the issues that occur um, you know with women struggling with hormonal issues throughout their life but same thing with men and so it's it's such a problem because it's everywhere you know you have the environmental pollutants that we're dealing with you have the toxic chemicals that people aren't aware if they're shampooing their hair or you know their skin lotion we have to just do better at educating ourselves and understanding that just because we walk by something and we say, oh, that smells nice. What is that smell coming from? I always tell people, pause in that moment. Maybe you walk by that store at the mall and you say, oh, that smells nice. But what is that smell? Is that smell from like you described, you know, your beautiful garden that you have? Is that where it's coming from? Or is it coming from a factory where it's like in a big plastic bin and we we don't really know what those chemicals are? And it's likely coming from the chemicals in the big bin from the factory, not from your lovely garden that you have. So it's more about being proactive once again, being aware that we can't escape, obviously, many of the pollutants that are around us. But we can do better with the choices that we make with how we feed our body and, you know, the different products that we're using to try to minimize that exposure. So we're not as toxic as most of us, unfortunately, are.
0: You know, it's you said that this morning when I was straight in my bathroom, I took all of the great smelling lotions I bought at the mall last month and I stuck them under the cabinet mm-hmm. because I'm like this is not natural. And as you learn more and more when, when things are absorbed into your body and thank you so much for mentioning the, the shampoos and people don't, you know, and I'm guilty too. I didn't really think that much about it, but recently I have been on a shopping spree. I have changed out um, my plates, a skillet, um, I bought some toothpaste today if that was green, you know, healthy toothpaste. Um, I started using olive oil to cleanse my face instead of the chemicals I usually use. So I'm just doing a clean sweep of the house. And my husband came home yesterday from out of town, and there were so many boxes in the garage, he couldn't even get in. What are you doing here? I just completely redid our house, and it's not as hard as people may realize. You just go online, there are a variety of sites, you know, putting in eco friendly, for instance, or green products. So research them, and you can do a lot to make some changes. You're right, we can't get rid of everything, but if we can change 20 30% of our exposures. Right. It's important, it's important.
1: It really is because it's it, these are the things that are complicating our health. And so like we were talking about, you know, originally, if you want wellness, we have to take a step back and say, how do I achieve wellness? Because if I continue on my path where I'm using my not so great toothpaste, I'm using a mouthwash that, you know, we know with the mouthwashes now, I mean, there's wonderful research coming out of Baylor University right now, looking at the detrimental effects of cardiovascular health and beyond because of alcohol-based mouthwashes because it's disrupting the nitric oxide pathways in the body to regulate blood pressure. So like, who would have thought that? Like, oh, well, you're telling me that my mouthwash is maybe causing me to have worse regulation of my blood pressure. Yes, this is what we're seeing now. And so we have to look at all of these little missteps that we can take and it's convenience things. It's well, great. We can brush our teeth, but we also have to think, well, what did people do before we had all exactly like you said, putting olive oil on your face? Well, that's, that's a really great thing, but what did people do years and years ago before we had a whole aisle in a grocery store dedicated to face wash? So these are the things that I always like people to be cognizant of because if we can minimize those risks, We can get closer to that goal of having, you know, wellness. And this is at the end of the day, what brings me joy and brings me happiness is trying to educate people on, you know, making better choices, making smarter choices. I understand, you know, sometimes it's cost, um, you know, issues and it's more expensive to eat healthier, but there are still ways that you can eat healthy and eat cleaner without, you know, breaking the bank, and so it's sometimes just about educating yourself and understanding. You know, the difference between you know good, better, and best, and you know where do I want to land? Because at the end of the day, that's how your health will be driven—is by those choices that you make. And so, because there's, as you know, as as a physician, there's a lot of things that are out of the you know control of many individuals. Maybe there's a genetic you know underpinning that you know can be you know, predisposes you to a particular condition. But so much of it is coming from these more of these epigenetic components where it's the environmental things and the choices that we make every day that are driving our illness. And we want wellness.
0: So instead of trying to fix it when it's broken, we should focus on making some wise choices so it doesn't break in the first place. Exactly. And teaching our kids, I mean that's that's important. As well, so they get in the habit because this stuff, there are not many things you're going to be exposed to that will take your life overnight. You know, this is like a cumulative effect. Mm -hmm. And so I'm raising my kids when we go to the store and I see Kim goes, nope, we're not getting it. My kids are looking at the label. Mommy, that's a chemical. So they're starting to think along those lines, and it has to start early. So we can minimize their exposure over time. So maybe 30, 40 years from now, they may not end up with the diseases that otherwise would have if we had not trained early.
1: Exactly, it is. It's really, it's about the the education component. And I think in the, unfortunately, in the traditional medicine approach, it's always been doctors are up here and we'll tell you um, what is wrong with you and how we are going to try and fix this for you, as opposed to everyone working on the same team and saying, Let's try and figure this out. Why are there so many diabetics? Why are there so many people who are overweight? Why are we taking, you know, things like art and music and, you know, phys ed classes out of public schools because that's affecting the well-being of children and that's affecting their physical fitness, which is and you start to put put all of these things together and you go, "Wow, you know, maybe we're the cause. You know, we can also be the solution." So if we can find ways for, you know, young kids to understand, you know, better quality food, they just did a wonderful, um, down in Texas once again, but they, they just did a, a really interesting study down at a middle school in Texas where they gave the power to the children and they said, we're going to start a garden. And so we're going to go out because now they get to come out of the classroom. So they're excited about that. So they're all signed up because so I, I get to go outside. Okay. And then they go out there and then they are learning how to take the seed, grow the seed, and then they're watching it grow. And then once it, you know, they were growing like lettuce and different things like that. Once it was fully grown, they were able to go and harvest it. And then they prepared a meal with it. And they said that not only the physical well-being, because they were looking at different markers, but the emotional well-being and food can be our medicine Mm -hmm. and we I think if we just kind of take that pause and realize a lot of times I've talked to individuals they say I don't have time to cook. I don't have time, you know, I'm so busy. It's like I understand that, but it even if we say, well, it takes the same amount of time to grab that apple and eat that apple as if you grabbed a bag of chips. You know, so we have to put things into perspectives for people and I think more folks nowadays are starting to to want that. They're seeking that out. They want To be well, they don't want to be ill.
0: Absolutely. All this is such great information. Is there anything else you'd like to share with the audience today?
1: No, just, you know, other than the fact that, you know, being proactive, which is something that you, you know, patient empowerment, being proactive in your own health, I think is the most important takeaway message for anyone. I stress this to, you know, clients that I work with, with my own family members. You know, we have to want this for ourselves. And there's so many individuals out there like myself, yourself, where we're there as kind of a guiding light, Mm -hmm. you know, you can come to me, I will help you. I will try and get you on that right path and give you that support. And sometimes I think that's all that people need is someone there who's kind of there and encouraging saying, yeah, you can do this. And I always tell individuals when they meet with me, they say, oh gosh, I've done everything wrong for so many years. And I say, that's okay, because today is a new day. And we don't want to live in the rear view mirror. We want to keep moving forward and figure out how we can make better choices that will promote our longevity and we can feel good. Um, you want to feel energetic. You want to try to figure out, you know, if I wake up in the morning and I'm dragging, why? And that's when, you know, people come to me and they say, please help. And that's what, you know, I've you know, spent so many years now focused on is how do I help people help themselves? Absolutely. Awesome.
0: But thank you so much for coming. The information that you gave was great. And I hope that the viewers will go out and do something. It's one thing to sit and listen to great information. And it's something else to be active, to get on the internet, start researching, start making some changes in your home and the foods that you select and how you educate your kids and your spouse and your relatives and friends. So we all have a role to play. And if we all do more to improve our wellness then this space will be so much better.
1: I agree 100%. And I appreciate you having me on and you know what you do. I, like I said, it's a Testament to all of the years of practice and the things that you've witnessed, the things that you've experienced. And I wish there were more. Dr. Hester's out there because the world would be a much better place. It'd uh, be
0: a much better place if there were more people like you as well. So instead of getting sick, then we can prevent the illness in the first place.
1: Exactly, and that's what my goal is. So people, you know, they can always you have all of my information. They can reach out to me. I am always open to to answering questions. If people have questions about which food should I eat, what vitamin should I take, I I am here at their behest.
0: Certainly. and. After we finish this interview, then I'm going to have a page up that has all your contact information so people will be able to reach you and reach out to you. And thank you again. You have a blessed day.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. You as well. Bye bye. Bye bye.